Welcome to the Empowered You Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Espino, a former licensed social worker turned spiritual empowerment coach and transformational speaker. And I am on a mission to help you rediscover who you truly are on a soul level so you can create the life you truly desire and make the impact that only you were born to make. This unfiltered podcast is your weekly Espino Espresso shot of empowerment, information, strategies, incredible guests, fun, and so much more all geared towards helping you believe with pure conviction that you are more than enough and have the power and abilities within you to make your dreams and desires a reality. Because let me tell you, sunshine, the world needs you. Now let's get this party started. Welcome back, Sunshines, to another episode of the Empowered You Podcast. Welcome, 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 Sunshines. So today's episode, it's a long one, but it is a juicy one. It is one that's going to change your entire life. Shadow work is literally everything. But before we get into today's episode and today's incredible guest, I just want to remind you that this podcast episode is sponsored by my free masterclass going up this Thursday, the Mind Hacks for Ultimate Transformation. It's going to be incredible. You're going to learn a lot about your brain, your subconscious mind, why it's so incredibly important to know this information and to know about your subconscious mind so that you can then apply the mind hacks that I'm going to share with you all to start reprogramming your subconscious mind so you can create the life you actually want and desire. So you have the knowledge because I am, you guys have heard it in past episodes if you are, have been rocking with me for a while or if you're new to me, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy that you're here and I am a big believer that knowledge is power. Yes. However, the application, you applying that knowledge, that is what's going to create a transformation from the inside out. Now, that is why I'm so excited for this masterclass because you're going to get the knowledge, which is power, right? But then you're also going to get some mind hacks that you can start implementing in your life ASAP right away to start transforming from the inside out. So it's going to be awesome. It is happening this Thursday, July 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm gonna have the link in the show notes, but if you, um, you can also go to bit.ly forward slash mindhacks masterclass all one word all lowercase and definitely sign up and if you can't make it live that is totally cool totally okay everyone is going to get the replay anyway all right so that is um what is it what do people say like ground not um what do people say like when they're like not ground rules but like i'm trying to think of that expression but okay it's leaving my mind but house rules no because it's not rules but nuts and bolts. I don't know, whatever. So anyway, that's the update there. And now going into today's episode. So shadow work, shadow work. I know it doesn't sound sexy. It's not trending. It's not, um, one of those things where you're just like, Oh my God, I can't wait to do shadow work. It just feels kind of like, Oh my God, like I want to run. I want to hide. I want to flee. Right. But I'm telling you sunshines, shadow work is absolutely positively transforming. I truly believe with every fiber of my being, inner child healing alongside shadow work is life changing. It really, really helps you reconstruct 
a solid foundation to assist you in the healing, in the evolution, in the growth, in actually creating what you actually want in life because we are master manifestors. We are creators. It's just a lot of times we're creating from the wounds, the wounds of our inner child, the wounds of the shadows. And I know right now it sounds abstract for some of you and some of you, you already know about shadow work and you're like, yeah, let's get it. But just know through today's episode, you're definitely going to get a better grasp of what shadow work is and it's going to be amazing. So without further ado, let me introduce to you today's guest. We have Miss Brittany Whitehawk on the show and I am so freaking fired up. I'm so excited for you guys to connect with her. She is a a psychic shadow worker who for over 16 years has helped people gain clarity, freedom, and confidence from the conditioning of their past. She uses her psychic gifts to actually read the lessons that your soul needs to learn so that you can be who you are meant to actually be through dissecting and reminding people of their personal power and who they authentically are at a soul level. She changes lives with lasting ripple effects, which spreads through generations. And it is so, she's so incredibly amazing. She's so real and raw and transparent and very down to earth and very informative, very educational, very, um, she lived there, right? right? Like she's lived these experience. She's done her own shadow work. I mean, it's just incredible. She's very inspiring. And this is an episode where I would encourage you to re-listen to it. You know, I know a lot of times we, we listen to podcasts when we're driving or when we're cooking or we're doing laundry and it's kind of like background noise. And yeah, cool. You can listen to that doing like background. However, this information is so powerful. And it's one of those things where you have to re-listen to certain things, certain statements that Brittany says, and really to really help you absorb this information because it, I'm telling you, Sunshines, it is life changing. Shadow work for me changed the and game, like especially alongside inner child, alongside, excuse me, inner child healing, it's game changing. It is game changing. So I'm setting the intention that after this episode, you are going to feel super ignited and inspired to do your own shadow work. You can definitely reach out to Brittany. So it's funny because at the end I was like, Hey girl, like you have anything to offer or anything you want to share with the audience. And she was like, yeah, you know, I'm a psychic, so I do mediumship. She's like, I do tarot readings. She even offered you all a freaking 50% discount on her full, her new full moon tarot readings. And just FYI, the code for that is empower all capital letters. And it's also in the show notes. Um, but what was funny is that after we got off the, the Zoom call, she messaged me and she's like, Kel, I forgot to mention my shadow work services. So I was like, oh, that's so funny. Don't worry. I'll mention it in the intro and it's in the show notes. So Brittany also offers a shadow quest, which is a six week one-on-one laser focused um, ongoing shadow work with supplement homework and support. She also has a three-month visionary program, which is 12 weeks, and it's a one-on-one intensive designed to uncover and bring to light all the pieces needed for reintegration, which includes shadow readings, 24-7 support, and so much more. Again, she has that extra oomph because she is also psychic, so it's like win-win you're gonna love her definitely follow her on social media all that good stuff please you know share this episode with your friends this is life-changing work shout us out you know find me on instagram at it's kelly Aquino or facebook and let's get this party started in five 
four, three, two, one. Brittany Whitehawk, welcome to the Empower You podcast. Bow, bow, bow. Thank you so much. I'm so like, I'm beyond grateful and stoked to be doing this with you, Cal. Babe, you don't even know. I have to tell our listeners, you know this because I told you, but I was literally in the shower and everyone knows that when they're in the shower, they get the best downloads and the best ideas. And in the shower, literally, I just kept thinking about you and, I, and I've been wanting to discuss shadow work for literally, babe, I want to say the past like year or so, but I just knew like I would have that inner knowing of, okay, this is the time and that is the person. And it literally hit me like a ton of bricks. And when I reached out to you, you were so game. And like I mentioned before we hit record, like you were, you took no time. You were like, all right, let me schedule. Boom, boom, boom. And now we're here literally two days later. So thank you so much. Thank you. I'm thanks source, I guess too, because this is, this is what I do. This is my real house. This is my life. So I'm just honored to be here with you. Yeah. So can you tell the listeners kind of what you do and who you serve at this time? All right. So I am a shadow worker. Um, I am not a light worker. I want to make that really, really clear because I deal more so with the shadows within the soul. And what I mean by that is we, everyone, no one is immune to this. So let's make that clear too. Like nobody is immune to this. We all have um, a set of conditionings and um, traumas that we experience in their own right that uh, kind of subconsciously move us throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. And at, at some point, we start seeing how those patterns, those behaviors are actually making our lives worse. And these are the things that I deal with. I help people rework those patterns, um, work through their conditionings, look at the survival mechanisms that have been brought on through traumatic events. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I think, you know, just to kind of sum it up, to get them out of that victim space and out of the survival space, because those two spaces, they're absolutely important for the time that they're important for. But if we go too far with it, we wind up victimizing ourselves. So um, a lot of the people that I wind up helping, it ranges from sex trauma, right? So rapes, molestations, assaults, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've wor- also worked with trafficking victims as well. Um, I work with people who have experienced verbal, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual abuse within their family units, um, within uh, like domestic violence survivors I work with. So I really work with kind of the gamut of people who are ready to essentially stop living a bullshit story um, and, and take that mask off and really live as their soul. Um, I think it's important, you know, especially in the spiritual community, we talk about how, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, a spirit doing and a human being. Mm. Well, if we have that aspect, we also need the aspect of a spirit being and a human doing. So that's kind of, where I work, um, and help people to get to. So powerful and like, Oh, so (laughs) heavy, but so incredibly fucking needed. Oh, so babe, I mean, I feel like someone doesn't just wake up and it's like, hi, I'm a shadow worker. So like, 
How'd you get here, girl? Oh God. Um, so in order to keep this short, <laughs> I know I because I have been through a lot in my life. I am a CSA survivor, so uh, childhood sexual assault survivor. Um, I had experienced all the way up until I was about 15 um, abuses of all sorts, right? At the hands of my parents and, and other adults that I was supposed to have been able to trust. And uh, when I was about 15, 16 years old, I realized I have two options. Either I go down this path and allow all of these things to define me and essentially rule my life and destroy any possibility for my future. Um, and I kind of sat and I looked at it and saw, you know, I can, I go that down that path and I'm an alcoholic and a drug user and, you know, just not honoring myself or mm -hmm. I start looking at how I was feeling about these things that had happened to me. I start looking at um, how my life could be if I actually used these things as a fuel to, um, to kind of stoke that internal fire, right? So uh, about 16 years old, I started my own shadow work and failed multiple times at, at figuring things out. But uh, I'll be 33 in November, so for more than half my life now, I've been shadow working, and um, if it wasn't for that, I would not be here. I know that for a fact. Okay, so babe, when you say shadow working, did you know you were actually doing shadow work, or now as an adult reflecting back, you're like, oh shit, I was doing shadow work? Yeah, so I had no idea at the time, right? So I have part of my growing up and part of my experience is that I've had to teach myself how to do a lot of things mm -hmm. um, because I didn't have those healthy role models and those experiences. So, um, you know, I started reading things on psychology and basically became like my own therapist. Um, there is one thing that, that still sticks in my mind. Um, and we can talk about that a little bit more is, you know, when I was 16, I told my mom I needed to go to therapy mm -hmm. and she said, you don't need therapy. You need to find Jesus. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a whole fight that ensued after that, but I was like, fine, if, if you're not going to get me the help that I need, I'm going to be the help that I need. And at the time, I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. It wasn't until um, I was about 27-ish. Um, I was finishing up my bachelor's degree in criminal justice, and I had realized, like, I can... I can help other people with these things. Mm -hmm. You know, I can, I can help them and show them how to basically change the shit that they've been through into just shit they've been through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Like, um, so I hadn't realized then that I was shadow working. No, it's, it's been quite a ride for the past, I would say like five, six years now. And, I'm curious because you, you are psychic, you identify as psychic, and a lot of um, psychics that I meet growing up, they're like, I didn't really know I was, but I just, I was, like, internally. So I really thought you seeked out therapy So during those times. But so do, now reflecting back where you're at now, was it that internal knowing? Was it divine intervention? Like, what do you think? 
So, and I have thought about this of kind of like, you know, my, my growth through all of this, because it is a, a big growth experience. Um, and it actually started with dream divination. I process, um, when I'm dreaming, I process a lot of the stress and anger and all of that kind of stuff that I feel, um, in my waking life. So I started processing through my dreams and like interpreting them. And that came really, really easy. So I think it was a combination between, you know, research that a bookworm, you know, I research everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was a combination of that, but also just my natural abilities. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it just, it has grown exponentially from that point to now my psychic gifts have been, um, as far as for this point, they've been fully activated. I know that there's still more coming. But now I can actually see the shadows on someone's soul, and I can connect with them energetically and actually read these things. Um, Whoa! Yeah! Wow! (laughs) Holy shit! That is such a beautiful gift, babe. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's (sighs) with great power comes great responsibility, right? (laughs) Yeah. For real. For real. Oh my God. And I can't imagine the heavy work that you do. Your self-care game has to be high, right? I'm assuming. Yes. Well, let me put it this way, because this also falls into um, one of the other things I know we want to talk about um, as far as my own shadows are concerned, because this isn't shit that I just do with people and like pretend I don't need it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm always working on my own shadows. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as far as my self-care regimen is concerned, um, one of the things that I think people kind of get, I don't know what the right word here is for, but when I'm in session with someone, I'm there. I'm fully connected. We are in it. As soon as we're done, I'm done. Mm-hmm. right? Your shit is your shit. My shit is my shit. And we leave it like that in that session. Mm-hmm. Um, because of how empathic I am, because I have clairsentience, because of all of these things, I know that if I get wrapped up in somebody else's stuff, it's, it's no good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of my self-care uh, revolves around meditation and grounding um, and releasing all of their stuff because Mm -hmm. you know if not then that I know that that will permeate throughout all of my other relationships a hundred percent a hundred percent babe okay so now for all the listeners that are like okay she keeps talking about shadow shadow work shadow like what the f is this can you help us understand what exactly is shadow work because I I feel like it has such a bad rep and it's not, like I said before we hit record, it's not like trendy. It doesn't sound sexy. Just like I'm so passionate about inner child healing. It doesn't sound sexy, but I truly believe with every fiber of my being, we must do inner child healing work and shadow work together. I feel like that is the key to it all. Do you agree? Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. So with shadow work, um, you know, there are different modalities to shadow work. I want to make that clear. Um, while I have the ability to use my clear gifts with shadow work um, and that it really makes kind of a, a more whole, uh, full experience for the person, there are different modalities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that I break it down is 
it's introspection without expectation, right? Mm. And it's objectively witnessing those patterns, those behaviors, those habits that kind of perpetuate that mask. And what I mean by that is we have every ex single experience that we have, right? There is, and this is a, a Carl Jung theory that I ascribe to because I think it sums it up perfectly. We have that entire experience cataloged. There are certain aspects of that experience that get put into our consciousness. And these are just things that we know, right? And then there's things that get pushed into the subconsciousness. So it's the difference between unpacking a box in your living room and putting some things on the mantle and putting the, the rest in a closet. Mm -hmm. They're there, you know they're there, but you're not using them in an active sense. So the shadows, um, I pretty much... Uh, kind of view those as the things that um, enshroud or encase the truths, right? So um, for an example, say you grow up with um, a verbally abusive mother. And one of the things that your mom had always said to you uh, was, who do you think you are? Right? So in that sense, she's negating who you think you are. So that becomes a shadow right? That encases the, the truth about who you really are, whether it is your, um, your ability to speak up for others, your, um, your ability to see beauty in things that aren't typically beautiful, uh, your ability to uh, be a free spirit, right? And, or see, the, see love in everyone that you meet. These things are, are truths mm -hmm. and they get pushed, pushed back. And they get enshrouded in all of these words and experiences and feelings and emotions um, because we feel on a subconscious level that we have to protect those things, right? So as we go out throughout our lives, the mask that we're wearing is basically a mirror of all of that conditioning, right? Mom says, who do you think you are? All of these things get pushed back. So you come up and you're not your true self, you're not your authentic self, you are who your mom wanted to see. Mm -hmm. yep. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. So when it comes to doing the actual work of it, um, and we're, we're breaking down those things and we're really dissecting them and seeing where the root is. Um, and I go really deep with my shadow work. Um, I don't think that treating the surface or treating like right below the surface is really effective. Um, we have to get in there and we have to take out the falsehoods that become who we see ourselves as, right? Mm -hmm. um, so this is learning yourself at that soul level and learning healthy ways to express that, mm -hmm. right? So can I share with you why I feel inner child healing and shadow work is so on point? And then I would love like your feedback or like your perspective on it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. So I, I, we're born, right? And we're dependent beings and we are literally programmed to want to be accepted, to want to belong, to want to be loved so that we can survive, right? Mm -hmm. So then growing up when you see someone that you care for, you have love for, and they're shaming you for either a quality or a behavior or a physical aspect or whatever the case may be, you not realizing as a dependent being, you're like, 
oh shit, I still want to be loved and nourished and accepted. So let me reject that part of myself and hide that shit in my shadow, subconsciously not recognizing in order to be loved and accepted. And then like fast forward to your adult life, like let's say you're an artist and you have your uncle telling you, you're going to be a struggling artist. You can't be an artist like that. And you feel, or that's, or that's sissies. Only sissies can be artists or whatever. You know what I mean? And then it's like, you reject that part of yourself. You're, and then fast forward to your adult life, you're in fucking corporate America, hating your life and your soul is dying because that shadow, like, does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what it is. Okay. Okay. Exactly what it is. Um, and I take it a step further with my aspect of shadow work because I also look at the the self-victimizing bullshit that we do to ourselves. Mm. which is a pill that people don't like swallowing but boo-boo and this is for all the boo-boos listening that is a pill we have to learn how to swallow and we do that through awareness so we see the self-victimizing behaviors right like you mentioned that corporate job yeah right going from artist to corporate those are the antithesis yeah right of of that uh that spectrum and so kind of giving in or um furthering and deepening those shadows of who we are that that artistic creative expressive soul that we are and giving that up for this kind of like robotic um lifestyle right where individual individuality is not celebrated Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and we keep doing that job day after day after day and we get up and we do the nine to five and we you know that is self-victimizing bullshit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right and we have to stop doing those things and what I think is really cool is when we're looking at like um what you refer to as that inner child work Mm -hmm. when we're looking at some of that stuff these self-victimizing things start clicking and we're like oh shit I keep going to a job I hate every day because uncle what's his face said that I was always going to be a struggling artist right Mm -hmm. and I keep getting into these codependent relationships because I want validation from someone else because I don't know how to validate myself because of what mm-hmm. Uncle Faith, what is his face said. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, I mean, they are absolutely uh, two cohesive uh, modalities when you're working on healing those things that have uh, essentially splintered your soul. Mm. So babe, can you like, are there certain indicators that our listeners can know that like, if this comes up, you probably should look in shadow work or is it like literally everything? I know you're laughing because it's probably everything, right? It can be everything. It can be anything and everything. So, um, you know, if we're looking at say a group of, um, women who are mothers, right? Mm -hmm. Just taking this group. And we're looking at um, the smaller group of stay-at-home moms who Mm -hmm. fucking hate staying at home. Mm -hmm. But they're giving up that drive and that passion to be um, their own person and make their own money and and do all of these things. When we're looking at that, and I bring this up because I was in that space once, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You know, that, that resentment, when you're feeling resentment, towards your situation, when you're feeling powerlessness in your situation, and this goes for anything, um, when you're feeling 
And this is something that I said uh, a few times that kind of snapped me into, into furthering my own work was, I guess this is as good as it gets. Mm. No, it's not. <laughs> like that is not as good as it gets. Um, so, so babe, would you say if you, I don't this is a really blanket statement, so I don't know. If you are triggered, there is some shadow there, or is that too much of an extreme? No, absolutely not. That's dead on. That's I don't true. Like, yeah, I don't like using the word triggered because I feel like it gives that personal power that you have inherently over to that thing that is making you feel uncomfortable. Hmm. So I use the word catalyst, hmm. right? That thing that is making you feel some type of way, whatever it is, whether it's your job or your relationships or the patterns and behaviors that you're noticing about yourself. Um, you know, whatever that thing is, it's a catalyst for you to change. Mm. Right? It's a catalyst for you to grow out of that space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, to sum it up, whatever's triggering you is a place you need to be looking at and you need to look at why it's triggering you. That's always like the best place to start is looking at why, why do I feel this about this situation? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. And then you're like reading my mind. Cause I'm like, okay, so where did the newbie start? Like, let's say, and I, I love your, why you don't like the word triggering, like, triggering. And I, I totally can resonate with that. I just feel like it's a very common language now that people get it. Like if you are feeling it, but I love your perspective on that. Um, so the newbies, they, they feel an emotion. They feel some type of way. Your advice is to like, maybe journal or self-reflect or meditate and just keep digging, like keep asking yourself, but why, but why, but why? Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much. I do. And I, I don't remember who kind of created it. Um, but the seven whys, right. You just follow that down the list. Why am I feeling like this? Why am I feeling like this about feeling like this? And just keep, keep that process going. You can journal. Um, talking out loud is really, really helpful. Uh, you know, even talking to somebody that you trust that, you know, isn't going to judge you in any way, because again, that objectivity that you need to be having with yourself is just as important to get that from whoever you're talking to. Right. Mm -hmm. So we don't want any judgment on these things. We just want facts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah, it's, journaling, um, meditating. Meditation is great if you can get into that space and you're open to it. Um, kind of furthering this, the reason why we need to ask these things objectively, right? And this is kind of where we get into the, the psychological aspect of things. Um, we have our ego, our super ego and our id, right? Our id is like our identity. It's just, we exist. Um, but our ego, our little e ego, um, that's the voice that tells us, um, your partner came home late for work. They're cheating. Mm. Why is that voice telling you that it's be telling you that because somewhere in your experience in this life or even past lives mm -hmm. or even ancestral lives, mm -hmm. um, that, that trigger, uh, informs you of how you need to save yourself from pain. Our brains are not equipped. They do not understand the difference between emotional pain and physical pain. Mm -hmm. Pain is pain is pain is pain, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So when we experience emotional pain, little e ego kicks in and says, oh, we need to remember this. 
because if it happens again, we need to know how to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So in, in that term, right, when we're dealing with little e- ego, we have to be able to look at everything objectively because ego is going to have a whole fucking Rolodex of bullshit to remind you, mm-hmm. right? Especially when you're starting out, even in shadow work, or you're starting out and doing something that like really means something to you. Ego is going to be like, you can't do that because it's all those voices. It's uncle, what's this face coming in and saying, you can't do this. It's, you know, an ex, an ex partner who betrayed your trust coming in, you know? So objectivity is absolutely one of the most imperative aspects when you're trying to detangle all of this shit that has encompassed Mm -hmm. a really beautiful piece of your soul. Mm-hmm. And what I see, what I, what I feel, what I believe is that the core of it is shame, the shadow work. Like I, I mean, I, I know for inner child healing, the core is shame. So I'm, a, I'm just going to assume that. And I love your perspective on that. But so the core is shame. So when you're um, looking through this, you don't want to shame yourself even more of the already on top of the shame. And the, but it's so how our mind operates, how it works it, and all the conditioning around us. It's so easy to judge yourself and to feel like, Oh my God, I'm a horrible person or whatever the case may be. But what served me on my inner uh, shadow work journey, which obviously is lifelong. And I would love for us to share some of our realizations is this yeah. whole idea that we all have the full spectrum of human emotions that no like no emotion is good or bad or anything like that and really adopting that philosophy of like hey we all have these emotions that's not right or wrong they're good bad and just embracing that was so huge in my like liberation of leaning on compassion and like releasing the judgment as I explore all these shadows and all these things that I'm like, Oh my God, do I really believe that? Do I really, do I really, is that really what I believe? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I want to share real quick because this is something that I've been working on a lot, um, especially with, uh, current events. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, we have a lot of ancestral shadow work to be doing mm-hmm. from every aspect from every corner from every race um and it, it's slightly different depending on your race but one of the things that popped up for me when i was working on my generational racism shadows um was that first of all i've always been an ally mm-hmm. um being able to see people's souls like the packaging doesn't matter like mm-hmm. it's just, you know mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> because those things are such an important aspect of that human life. Um, one of the things that popped up for me was, um, my dating habits. Right. Um, and I hadn't realized that I shied away from dating people of color because of the racist views and behaviors of my biological dad. So that, yeah, it was, it was a big revelation for me. And in that moment, I very well could have been like, what a racist piece of shit you are. Mm-hmm. But that objectivity came in and was like, wait a second, like a person is a person is a person. Like mm-hmm. it's, there's no, um, there's no room for us to further beat ourselves up when we're doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was really important to share because with the, the pressure and the energy outside of us on that macro societal level, it's very easy 
for the micro individual level to be the thing that we focus any kind of um, anger or shame or anything like that towards. So that I've, that objectivity, um, and I know I keep saying it, but it, that's how fucking important it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and that ability to not shame yourself is, it really is life changing. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's so much liberation. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. I know it's, uh, I know the listeners hearing that it's going to serve them and it's going to facilitate some awareness within them. Um, yeah. I would love to share. I have like my shadow notebook with me and I was before this call, I was like, let me review because um, I forget, you know, you forget the shadows that you uncover um, through this work. And what I had to deal with, what I worked through was innately feeling like a bad person. Like I was not a good person. Um, innately feeling like I was a phony or a fake and um, dealing with codependency, like really, which was so sneaky, sneaky. I had no, I, because girl, Kelly over here can go years without being in a romantic relationship years. So I always, and, or even dating. So like, I always felt like, oh, I'm not codependent. I'm not, no, cause I don't need a partner. Right. But I didn't recognize that I was highly codependent on my parents, my sister. And it was like, whoa, mind blowing. And then this whole like phony thing, I realized like, cause when I'm, a, when I'm speaking, you know, I'm a speaker, like I'm, I, 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 I present very extroverted. I present very like high energy, da, da, da. But when you meet me in person, real life, I'm way more of an introvert. I'm may, way more of a listener. I'm definitely not a talker. And yeah. I, I struggled with like with booking um, speaking engagements. I would be like, oh, I wish they could just see me speak and then hire me. You know, like I wish because I felt like me being norm, quote unquote, regular, normal Kelly and not like showing up performance Kelly wasn't good enough. And I had to really accept that. And I was like, holy shit. So I brought up imposter syndrome and it brought up like, am I performing? Like, am I fake? Am I putting on a mask? Is that really me? Who am I? Am I the introvert? Am I the extrovert? Am I like, do I not want to talk to people? Do I love people? Like, what the fuck? So I had to really ask myself, go through the whys, right? And dig and be like, where does this phony feeling come from and performance feeling? And it stems from when I was younger and I wanted to be accepted and I like, um, bullied this one girl, but she, because she was now looking back, I didn't recognize then she was beautiful. She was thin. She was like everything I wanted to be. So I bullied her, you know, and I had another friend where I did the mean girls thing where we went on a three way and like one person didn't know the other person was on and we're talking shit and like fucked up shit. And I internalized that as being like a a horrible human. And then my sister, she's a saint. Like she's always been a saint, like innately, like she was like a five-year-old and one of her best friends had cancer and she would not play with the people outside because she wanted to be with him. And like, um, even though she wanted to be outside and play with the people, she cared so much about his feelings and she was five years old. So my sister has always been this innate saint. So me growing up being like, I'm self-absorbed. I care about what other people think. Uh, you know, I want to be accepted so much that I'm putting people down. I am innately evil. Like I am so evil. So then as I, because I, you know, connected. So I, I, I like digged into all that and the judgment and kind of like tracking the points of like, okay, where's this coming from? Let me track these like, like a research project or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then once I uncovered everything I just shared with you, 
I was like, all right, let me like, what, what does love have to say? Like, let me see this through the lens of love. And like, what just came through as I was journaling on this was like, okay, Kelly, that age, you were dependent. Like basically everything I shared with you about wanting to be accepted and blah, blah, blah. And that my sister has her own soul lessons to learn and her being innately that giving is a gift and a curse because people can use and abuse her, you know, can take yep. that for granted. Um, advantage so yep. it's like spirit was telling me like she got her own shit to worry on and worry about and work through and yep. you have your own shit to work on this is a soul lesson like and it was she was basically spirit was kind of like talking me down and kind of letting me accept it and forgive myself yeah. and and also tell me like maybe those people that i like bullied or made feel a certain way maybe that was their soul lesson like maybe we had a soul contract so yep. um that was my process i know that was a lot but any like feedback or anything you want to share with me? Yeah. So no, I mean, that makes, it makes perfect sense. And just thank you for doing fucking work to know yourself because like that. So kind of my philosophy, right. Mm -hmm. Is that there are four major shadow types. Mm -hmm. Right. And the reason why I have these four is because with all of the work that I've done with clients and all of the work I've done on myself, shit will always come down to these four and it's trust, right? So how you trust people and how you feel that you can trust yourself, your intuition, your abilities, like all of that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. your worth, mm. which is where a lot of motherfucking shadows come from. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> sex right? Wow. Really? Sex incorporates religious shadows. It incorporates uh, gender shadows It incorporates worth shadows and trust shadows, especially when we're dealing with um, those who've experienced sex trauma, wow. but also sex trauma incorporates um, that, that personal power, right? That sovereignty over your body, your spiritual connection during sexual acts, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So trust, worth, sex, and authenticity, right? Wow. Authenticity kind of encompasses all of those other things, right? Whether you are a person who, um, you know, likes potatoes over sweet potatoes, right? Those kind of things. Because okay. even in, and, and there's so many things, and I know that we have such a short time here, but like, even in the littlest things, right? Your eating habits. Your eating habits are the way they are because of the conditioning that you've experienced through your parents, through your generational traumas, um, through your ancestral traumas, through media, mm -hmm. right? Especially, um, we see it geared more towards women, but also towards men too. And those who are non-binary, there's all of these ideas and constructs about what a person's supposed to be like and we don't realize almost until it's too late sometimes and if you're getting triggered it's too fucking late mm. right like if you're getting to that point mm -hmm. you sh you, we need to be looking at this decades ago but we don't realize how much all of these outside influences wind up getting absorbed and all of those pieces that don't match what that um, rhetoric is all of those pieces get pushed to the back. Mm. And this is where that authenticity shadow comes into play because we need to be able to see all of those really true and honest and uh, beautiful pieces of ourselves mm -hmm. and bring that up, bring them up. 
you know, um, one of the things that I absolutely adore about shadow work is that when you're working on one of those big shadows, chances are pieces of those other four, other three are going to get worked on too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? So shadow work isn't this linear thing. Um, it's not a A to Z kind of thing. It's A1 and 2 to C6 and 7 to, <laughs> you know, like it, yeah. it, it goes all over the place. And that's, it, that's good that it does. I have a big announcement. You have a big announcement. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you have a wiggly tooth. Yeah. All right. I'll check it out in a little bit, dude. Breaking news. This is a PSA. Brittany's baby. How, how, what's his name? Lachlan. And he's not a baby, obviously, but I feel like everyone's child is always a baby, no matter their age. I mean, he's my baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm also <laughs> my other kid, Tori. Oh, say hi to my, my podcast listeners. They're from, just, you can just say hi. Hi. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, mom life, it is what, I love the real shit. I'm all about it before we hit record, but, um, Okay, back to what you were saying, girl. This is so powerful. The trust, the worth, the sex, the authenticity. And as I'm looking, because I'm writing notes as you're talking, as I'm looking at this, I'm like, okay, I've done trust work, worth work, authenticity work. I've never done sex work. And now I'm like, that is, I'm going to do some sex work. So based off of these different types of shadows, like how can we use this as like a framework? Or like how can we expand on this? Or how do you use it? So are we talking just in terms of the sex shadow work or are we no, talking in, in general, yeah. okay. like based off of this new awareness, does that just help us dig when we're doing the digging work or like, what do you think? It definitely helps with the digging. Mm -hmm. Um, but also it, it helps with just the awareness first and foremost, right? Like you can't fix something that you don't know is broken. And I say that just to kind of put things into context. I want to make perfectly fucking clear. No one is broken. Mm, yeah, speak on it, woman. No one is damaged. Mm. Right? No one's so damaged beyond repair. No one is broken. No one is shattered. Mm -hmm. um, what happens when, it, like, when I talk about the soul splinters, they're still within you. You still have them. It's just the shadow has come in between the hole, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's cleaning out that shadow and putting that piece back into, into the hole, mm. right? So we're not broken. We're not damaged beyond repair. Um, it's not necessarily anything that needs fixed because one of the things that we'll find out when we're doing shadow work is that those things might actually be true. Mm -hmm. And that is a belief that you do actually have. And there's nothing wrong with that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So I want to make that really, really clear. But the awareness, um, when we're looking at these things and you're, if you're listening and you're like, oh shit, like I can, oh, there's this thing. And then I can take that over here and, and oh my God, there's this thing too. Shit. Remember that time in 1983, like all of these things, right? Um, that awareness is a real gift. So I say, just start writing this shit down as it pops up. Mm -hmm. You don't have to work on all of it at once right now, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Just get it out of your head. Get it out of floating around in there. Mm -hmm. um, 
So what I'm hearing, babe, is like the process. It's like, okay, introspection leads to awareness, leads to acceptance, leads to forgiveness, leads to integration. Does yes. that sound right? That is pretty much my whole process. Yes. Okay. And with the integration, <laughs> is that like just leaning on love and just trying to be more um, compassionate to yourself? Or how do you, how do you integrate like these awarenesses of like, oh my God, this is the, this is where it's all coming from. Now what, you know, how can I integrate yeah. that? Yeah. So integration, I kind of have that as its own beast, if you will. Right. Oh. Because forgiveness, grace, compassion, those three go together. You okay. can't have forgiveness without giving yourself grace and compassion. You can't be compassionate without forgiving and being graceful, right? So those three are kind of within the same, the same bowl, if you will. Um, with integration, I really look at that more so as an active, um, an active role, not a participation in these things, right? Because up until this point, it is a participation. You're, you're participating the viewing of yourself. Mm -hmm. The integration aspect of it is where you really put the, the truths into play, right? I have uh, kind of this acronym, D, acronym uh, DCPE, decide, commit, plan, and execute. Mm. Right? And the decision of this is what I'm going to look at. I'm committing myself to looking at this and being objective. I'm, this is how I'm going to do it. Here's the plan. And then the execution is where the integration comes in. I see these things. This is what I have uh, to work with. This is the truth that I've discovered about myself. Um, and now I'm going to start putting that into play. Mm -hmm. right? So like you said, like codependency was one of your things. Mm -hmm. right? So the truth usually in codependency is that um, you're worthy of taking pride in your own independence, for example. Mm -hmm. So taking that nugget of truth that pride in your own independence and putting that into play. Well, this is where you start going, Oh, like in a depressive state, I got out of bed and did these things. I'm proud of myself for that. Or, Oh, I just landed this book deal or speaking gig or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say how proud of myself I am. And I'm going to celebrate that. Mm -hmm. Right. So integration is about the active role you're taking in all that work you just did. If you're not integrating it, what the hell were you just doing for the past however long looking at all this shit? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? So integration is kind of that final step to shifting those patterns and those behaviors and those habits and really being more of who your soul is mm -hmm. as, you're, as you're humaning all over the world. Yes. Yes. Okay, babe. So I have another um, follow-up question it, and it's kind of, it just came. So, um, you know how we're talking about like the shadow work is heavy and it's a lot of shame involved. And I know you're very big on objective, like let's be objective. So, you know, we're still human. So let's say someone is in a shame cy cycle or a shame spiral doing this work. Do you have any advice on like the first thing they can do to like interrupt that shame cycle? Oh yeah. Um, first and foremost, that question should be, who's really saying this? Mm. We are not naturally inclined to shame ourselves. Mm. Shame is a human, uh, a human feeling, a human action. Shame is not a, a soul thing. Our mm. souls don't feel shame. The universe doesn't feel shame. Mm -hmm. Shame is a human experience. So when we're in those cycles and we are essentially shitting on ourselves and victimizing ourselves and continuing on these things. We're like, fuck, 
just stop. Just stop for a second and go, who's really saying this to me? Because it's not your voice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's going to be that parent who criticized your weight. It's going to be that uncle who criticized your dreams. It's going to be that boss who told you that you were too loud and aggressive during a uh, review. It's going to be that boyfriend or that girlfriend or that partner who said, you know, you're too needy. Mm -hmm. It's going to, it's not going to be your voice, right? But for all that time and all those years of conditioning and believing this shit, at first it feels like your voice. Mm. When you're stuck in that pattern, first and foremost, ask who, ask who is saying it. And then realize that that person is actually responsible for that shame that you keep letting yourself carry. That's not your bag to carry. It's theirs. Their name's written on it. But for some reason, you let yourself keep carrying that bag. And maybe you got used to the weight of it and all of the other bags that have come along the way. Like, you just forgot it was there. Let it the fuck go. Mm. So I hear you, and this is so valuable. So let's say that does happen, and they ask themselves that. Who's really saying this to me? And then they're like, it's my uncle, whatever. How do you, like, what if they move into blame? Blame, blame, blame. How do they take their power back from the blame energy? And, or is it just part of the cycle? Like, is you just, like, I'm just curious. I love, I'm like picking your brain. I'm like, I, this is so like, I'm geeking out over this. Thank you so much. But okay, go on. Dude, I, I could talk about this for fucking days on end. Um, so when you ask that question, you're like, oh, so that's, that's what's his face. Mm -hmm. And you go, how could I have been so stupid to keep doing this to myself? Because that is a question that will pop up. Mm -hmm. You didn't think you were stupid when you were doing it. You can't think that you're stupid for doing it now, right? You didn't know what you didn't know, mm -hmm. right? One of my favorite, favorite fucking quotes of all time is from Maya Angelou. And she said, when we know better, we can do better. Yes, yes. Right? When we know better, we can do better. Well, we didn't know better mm -hmm. up until us asking that question. So we couldn't have done better, but now, excuse me, now that we know better, now we can do better. And I always take that a step further and say, um, because we have to integrate these truths. Um, you know, we know better. We know that that's his bag to carry. We can do better. We can stop carrying that bag and stop shaming ourselves for shit that is actually really beautiful about us. And now we can do better. We can actually embrace and uh, show and showcase that really amazing gift that we were told wasn't good enough or wasn't whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So getting caught in that shame blame cycle, the only thing that you can really blame yourself for, and this is where shadow work isn't that trendy glamorous kind of thing. The only thing you can blame yourself for is the self victimizing shit you do after you know better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like after you come to that conclusion that that's his shit to carry, mm -hmm. but you keep doing it to yourself, that's where you've got to go, oh, fuck. Yep, that was me. I did that. I don't like it. Now I'm going to change it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And what helps me also, um, I guess because I have an inner child lens, like I basically see everything through that lens, is that when, I, like, let's say the natural tendency is like, I want to blame uncle, blah, blah, blah. Um, but 
what I always go back to is like, they're wounded too. Like they're wounded, their wounded inner child is operating from their adult bodies. Like their trauma, I'm triggering them. Like they're, I'm a projection of their own shadows. Like, so knowing this um, information and this knowledge and this helps me be more compassionate and more like, this ain't my shit. This is your shit. Like, thank you. No, thank you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let me give, you know, I want to take my power back and you can take that, you know? Yep, exactly. And that, I mean, that's one of the really beautiful things about shadow work and the ripples that it actually causes, mm. right? So for the parents that are listening, when you're doing your shadow work, that ripples out into your children. Your kids aren't going to have to shadow work the same things that you have to work on, right? Wow. And think about that. Think about how many people your kids come in contact with. Um, one of the things that I think is so beautiful about my kids is that, you know, I worked through and shadow worked my mom trauma, right? Mm -hmm. My mother issues. Um, and my worth issues still tell me, you know, you're not a good enough mom and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But, um, when my kids come and say something to me, like, and Lachlan did this yesterday, my six year old and absolutely made me start crying. He came outside and he was like, mom, when I'm older, can I get a Black Lives Matter tattoo? <laughs> and it, like, I just stopped for a second, right? Like for him, that wasn't something he had to, to figure out and work on. It's just the truth for him, mm-hmm. right? That, that Black Lives do matter, that people matter, period. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, or, you know, when my oldest, he says things like, you know, um, my friend was sick at school. So I grabbed her stuff and I took it to the nurse's office for her. He didn't think about having to do that. Mm -hmm. And the reason I bring this up is because for me growing up, those things would have been considered attention seeking. Those things would have been considered, um, bad things about me, Mm -hmm. which, yeah, I know sounds fucked up, but such is my life. Wow. Right. So because I've worked on my shadows, my kids don't have to deal with that same shit that I have had to work through. They're going to have their own shadows for sure. We all will. Mm-hmm. But now their kids aren't going to have to work on the same stuff I did. And one of the things that I wanted to bring up too, Kyle, was, you know, this, this ancestral trauma Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this is like a perfect segue into that. Um, the ancestral trauma that we experience, we are essentially carrying right now in this moment, seven generations of trauma before us. Wow. And seven generations of trauma after us. And that is something that I keep really, um, in the forefront of my mind is what do I want the next seven generations to have to deal with? I don't want them to have to deal with the same pain and trauma that I had to experience. I need this. Um, Yeah, I don't want them to experience that same thing. And this is why, like, when we're talking generational um, racism trauma and shadows, any person of color, especially our black and brown siblings, are holding within their souls right now seven generations of trauma Mm. right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when we heal when we heal in ourselves 
um, the trauma that we experience in this lifetime, but we're also healing those generational and ancestral things. We heal seven generations before us and seven generations after us. Mm. So it's not just, oh, it, it's going to make this lifetime easier and you're going to be happier. It's not just that. Mm -hmm. You're healing your family. So with that example, which, uh, whoa, mind blown, right? We, we can't really say like, okay, who, um, like the whys, right? Because it's so, unless you know your, your like ancestry stuff, which that's cool too. But like, let's say they don't have that. So where would you, if someone's feeling called, they're listening to you and like, they're like, holy shit, I need to do this work. Uh, where can they begin? Yeah. So one of the things that I did, I actually hosted, um, a generational racism, uh, shadow, uh, challenge in my Facebook group and understanding that for a lot of people, they don't have that, um, pinpoint, right. That pin to drop in their timeline, um, throughout their family. And first and foremost, I want to say that that in and of itself is hard and it's okay that it's hard. And it's okay that it makes you feel disconnected. And it's okay that it makes you feel um, kind of alone while you're doing this. But I want to remind you, even though we don't have a name for things, we have a feeling for things. Mm. Right? Um, you know, and for those who are trying to work through their generational racism trauma or their ancestral trauma, and it can be with sex or trust or worth or authenticity, whatever. Um, for those people, I kind of guide them into the space of if it is not something that you have specifically witnessed or dealt with in this lifetime and you don't know where it comes from, that's okay. We're going to put it in a box and we're going to put that in the attic for now, right? Because it's still a part of you. It's still a part of your family, but that feeling that you can't pinpoint where it started or where it originated, it can go on the box for now. It doesn't have to be this thing where you go, okay, October 22nd of 1993, <laughs> you know, like it, it's not going to always happen, mm -hmm. but that experience is a very real experience for you. And it is no less valid than someone who can pinpoint it like, I think that's really important. And I really want to drive that home for everybody is that, you know, when we're looking at those ancestral traumas and we're trying to work on those shadows that come along with it. Um, we don't always need to pinpoint it. The power in and of itself lies in how we're feeling. Right? Our emotions aren't just these things that flow in and out. Right. Um, sometimes they get stuck. And the point at which they get stuck, kind of like a dam, mm -hmm, right? When they, when they get dammed up, that point is a really powerful place to start. Mm. So the social work lens in me is like, all right, I hear you, you put it in a box, but then it's like, do you disassociate yourself from the box? Like what, once it's in a box, like, what do we do with that box, you know? Or is it just a process, you know? Just it's, Yeah, it's a process. It's in order to understand why we even need to look at that thing, we got to start looking at it, 
right? And if we don't have that particular pinpoint to drop in that timeline, we have to kind of detach ourselves from that expectation that we're going to be able to say, all right, that's where it goes, right? It's working with what we have Mm -hmm. and then kind of working it back a little bit, right? And noticing the patterns in between, like, say it's something, your codependency in this lifetime, right? Mm -hmm. You might not know where it comes from, Mm -hmm. you may not have that pin, but then you can go, okay, so this is how it makes me feel. This is what I've discovered about it. How has my mom been codependent? How has my dad been codependent? Mm -hmm. Right? And then going, if you know your grandparents, how have they been codependent? Mm -hmm. Right? And then a lot of that ancestral work relies on your intuition. Mm, Okay. Excuse me. So you know, if you're listening to your intuition and you're tapped into your intuition, you know when something hits and when it doesn't. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So especially for those of us who can't really trace our lineage to see certain, you know, circumstances where these traumas or these uh, shadows were born, mm-hmm. we can say, okay, I can go back to my grandparents and say, this is how they perpetuated codependency, but I can't go back further than that. Well, that's a learned behavior. So if my grandparents learned how to be codependent, they learned it from their parents. And so on and so forth, back, right? Mm. And if that's something that hits for you intuitively, then you know that that you're on to something and you have at least a partial place to pinpoint. Mm. Mm -hmm. I know with like inner child work and stuff, it's it's the pinpointing is much easier sometimes Mm -hmm. because you can go, oh, when I was three, this happened. Mm -hmm. Right? So this is why we have to rely a little bit more on our intuition. Um, I when, love that when we're when we're doing ancestral shadow work. I love that, and give ourselves permission to be valid in those emotions, in the feelings. Because I feel like our human is like we need evidence, we need research, we need experiences to prove. But in this work, we don't relying on our human is only going to not serve us. Like we need to rely on the spirit and the intuition. Um, so, uh, I love this so much. So I know I've been like. Um, We've been here for a while, but I just have like, like a couple little things I just wanted to ask you. So it's kind of like a true or false thing. Okay. I came across this quote, I think it was yesterday or two days ago. And it was like, oh my God, this blew my mind. So I'm curious to see your perspective. Okay. Shame dies when stories are told in safe places. True or false? Absolutely fucking true. Absolutely true. Do you when want to? You are, yeah, when you're supported and you are not being judged, when you are being heard, not listened to. I let's make that really clear because there's a difference between listening and hearing. Hearing in, incorporates that in between, right? The things that aren't being said, right? So yeah, there's there's no place for shame when you are in in a very supported, um, non-judged space. Absolutely, mm-hmm. that. Yay. Beautiful. Okay. What we judge in others is a subconscious reaction to what we have denied in ourselves. True or false? Absolutely true. That's, that's fucking shadow work. Really? Like, like straight up right there. Absolutely. That is shadow work. Anything that we are looking. So you even brought up the example, right? That whole mean girls thing that that other girl, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because 
our, our shadows aren't just comprised of all the shit that's been done to us. Mm-hmm. It's shit that we've done to others as well. Yeah. Right. And that, that responsibility that we have to take for our own actions that we've pushed back because it doesn't fit that cognitive narrative that we have about who we are as a person. Mm. Right. So yeah, what absolutely we're seeing in another person, what we don't see or what we don't honor in ourselves. So we're like, well, fuck you that you're living your life and happy. Like shut the fuck up. I don't like it. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of those things we are absolutely seeing it. and we're all mirrors for each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? So like when I come across you and I see like you're happy and you're bubbly and you're, you're being fucking Kelly, right. Mm-hmm. You're being you. Um, and even in that dichotomy, of the quiet, uh, watchful, observant Kelly and the loud extroverted Kelly, right? Those are all aspects of you. So you're not either or, you're both and. Yes. Okay. Um, So when I see that, I'm reminded that I'm also an observer, an extrovert, watchful, animated. Like I'm reminded of those things. And if you're really doing your work with this and you're incorporating these truths mm-hmm. dude like life is so much fucking easier yeah. so much easier ah oh, yes okay just like okay two more other statements i'm cute. okay shadow work can lead you straight to a full-blown depression i know this yep. is commercial. okay true absolutely true so and that's it leads us there when we're not being objective this is why like I will fucking drill this into people's heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we are not being objective and we're being subjective when we're doing our shadow work, the rabbit hole that we go down, we can get stuck there. Right. So the way that I explain it is that when I'm shadow working with someone, right. And we're going down into that hole. I make sure we build steps in the side of that wall mm-hmm. so that when we come back out, we can get out without a problem. Right. We're not scrabbling at the sides, slipping down. Mm -hmm. Um, Shadow. This is why when you're shadow working um, and this is, I think part of the reason why it took me so many years of doing it on my own and struggling with it um, is because you need somebody there to say, Oh shit. Like, look, there's a rock. Don't step on that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I actually got a message from a really good friend of mine this morning and he reminded me um, because, you know, sources like that sometimes just bringing messages in. Mm -hmm. Um, He reminded me, you've already walked those minefields and now your job is to help people like ferry them across those minefields and you're telling them walk in these steps. These are the ones that don't get you blown up Mm. when you're doing it by yourself and you're just running full force in the field absolutely will get blown up. So shadow work without a doubt can lead to depression. You need to be mindful of when you're starting to feel depressive um, effects Mm -hmm. and emotions around it and make sure that you're, that you're with someone that you trust that you can talk about these things. Mm -hmm. It is not something that I recommend doing by yourself ever. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. And I'm thinking about like my clients that have experienced a lot of trauma in this lifetime. What we do before we dig into the trauma is we start working on those coping skills, like 
sessions, like, like really building up that resiliency, the, the coping skills muscles before we kind of dig into that. Um, but I really, I guess it depends on, cause I did the shadow work alone, actually kind of not because I have, um, a coach that we exchange services. So we do kind of like peer supervision. So actually I, I lied, cancel, clear, delete. I did have someone to do this work with. So yeah, I am so glad that you brought this up. Like reach out, definitely. Well, follow yeah. Brittany, of course, that goes without saying, but like support groups, like just therapy, reach out like a hundred percent. And I don't want people to get turned off by this because I truly believe shadow work and inner child work is literally what's going to help you just live the life you want and desire your birthright. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It absolutely will. And I want to, I want to add to real quick is that, you know, if you're feeling any type of way of, you know, um, I don't want to do this. This seems too hard. This is like, Ooh, fuck that. Mm -hmm. that's exactly why you need to do it. Mm, yeah. Right. It can feel hard because you're processing emotions that are decades old sometimes. Mm -hmm. This is why you need somebody to do it with you. This is, you know, this is my job mm -hmm. is to hold that space for you and say, okay, you can cry on my shoulder, get it out. And then my methods are, are you done crying? Okay. Now we have fucking work to do. Mm, yeah. Right. Like one of the yeah. things that I tell my clients all the time, the shoulders back, tits out, chin up, let's go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Um, okay. And then just my last question, and then you could totally sh share with us where can we find you and all that good stuff is this is the empowered you podcast. So when was the last time you felt truly empowered and why? Oh, um, truly empowered and why, um, there've been smaller, yes. So last time you felt truly empowered. So there have been like little, little examples, but the last time that I felt truly, um, unequivocally empowered was almost a year ago, uh, August 30th, uh, last year I picked up and moved from Pennsylvania to Kentucky. Wow. Yeah. And that was after a year of fighting source because it kept telling me to come down here. Um, but Wow. That is the biggest move I've ever made. Um, and the biggest leap of faith and trust in not just what the universe and source was telling me, but in myself too. And that has kind of helped me float for the past year on, on my own amazingness. Like, let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Hell yeah, girl. You know? Hell yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. So babe, um, are you offering anything today? Where, where can we connect with you? Like, let us know. And just FYI, Sunshine, it's all going to be in the um, show notes. Yeah. So. Yes. Okay. So first and foremost, you can find me at www.whitehawkresurrection.com. Mm -hmm. um, color than the bird, all one word. And yes, it's legitimately my last name. <laughs> um, so you can find me there. You can find me on Facebook at Whitehawk Resurrection. And I also have a group called Whitehawk Resurrection Tribe, which is where we collectively um, go over a lot of these things, um, you know, that deal not with 
just with shadow work, but also supporting and uplifting and empowering um, our other tribe mates who are going through it. So you can find me there. Uh, I'm on Instagram, White Hawk Resurrection. Um, and so some of the services that I offer, just so you guys know, um, yes, I am psychic. So that also includes mediumship as well. So I can cool, cool. talk to those who have passed. Um, I do tarot readings. Um, today is the new moon. So if you guys want, and I'll, I'll do it only for those listening. Um, if you want a new moon, uh, reading from me and you book it, use the code empower and I'll give you 50% off. Okay. But I do want to say this is probably going to be launched, not this week, next week. So that's, that's not going to be new moon, but it's still, this is like, you're going to honor it. <laughs> I'm going to honor it. It's, okay. it's you. It's for you. I will honor it. And empower all lower places or capitalize? We'll do capital. We'll do capital. All capital. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, Brittany, this was everything and more. Like I, I, I'm so grateful to you. This was so, there are no words and you know, I always have words. So I really have no words. I literally, we touched on everything I wanted to touch on and more. And I just really want you to know that all your insight, everything you shared with us, it was so valuable and so needed right now. So thank you for being so transparent, so raw, so vulnerable and really sharing your work with us. And thank you for answering the call because I know it's not easy work you do, but it's life changing. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, dude. I'm, like I said, I am so honored that you thought of me for this. Um, and yeah, I just, I thank everybody for listening and, you know, for, for really hearing what I'm trying to say. Shadow work can feel heavy. It can feel daunting, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be this, this big giant black cloud over you. Right. And the more, you know, yourself, the more that we actually get to know who you are. And that's kind of ultimately the point of doing it, you know? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, Sunshine. So there you have it. Definitely follow Brittany. And uh, I know you guys are feeling fired up and you're like, yeah, let's do some shadow work. Like, let's get ready. So if you are taking, are you feeling called, take screenshots, tag us on Instagram, tag yeah. us on Facebook, share this episode with your people you know write a five-star review so more people can hear this message and just know that i appreciate you and i'm so happy that you're listening and that you're here and i'm sending you all so much love light and positive vibes till next time bye